This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. I welcome all of you. All you regulars, we're glad you're here. If you're a guest, we're thrilled you're with us. And even you watching my live stream today, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Our ushers will get the Word of God in your hand, and we will start this morning in the book of Luke chapter 7. Again, I'm, I'm delighted you're here. I believe God's going to touch your heart. You may, you may look at your neighbor and tell them right now, God's going to talk to you today. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm positive God's going to talk to you today. You know, we get to this thing called Easter here, and Easter's about the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. But the burial and the resurrection don't take place without his death. So the cross is the vocal point. And when we talk about the cross, it means that Jesus, he took our sins, he atoned for them, he reconciled us, and he restored us. Every one of us in here, every every person who's ever walked this earth will walk this earth. And so one of the hallmark scriptures in the Bible that most people know is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. And so God so loved the world so much that it prompted God. What it prompted God to do, he sent his only begotten son. And who did he send his only begotten son? For the whosoever's of the world. So this morning, I'm, I'm gonna talk to the whosoever's of the world. And this may look a little different here on Resurrection Sunday, but again, I, I promise you, God's gonna move and he's gonna touch our hearts today. So we start here in Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Then then one of the Pharisees, now, the Pharisees were the religious leaders. One one of the best definitions I can give you of the Pharisees is they were very self-righteous. They had the ability to always look down on people. Have you ever had people that have looked down on you? Probably every one of us. And that's, that's not a fun place to be in. And so this Pharisee here, his name is Simon. So it says, Simon asked the Lord Jesus to eat with him. And Jesus went to Simon's house and he sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. Now, This woman is an unexpected guest. She crashes the dinner party. And the Bible says that she's a well-known sinner. And so as I'm reading this, I thought, that that describes me. That describes me. That I'm flawed. You're flawed. And when it says she was a well-known sinner, you know know what that basically means? Spiritually, she was sick. And I remember a time in my life when I was spiritually sick. And you go through this thing called life and you begin to look in the the mirror of life and you think, there's got to be more than how I'm living. There's got to be more than being a drunk. And so this notorious sinner shows up and crashes the party. 
And it goes on to say, and when she knew that Jesus was at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought alabaster flask of fragrant oil. It's almost like, how dare her? But she doesn't stop there. And she stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. And so this is a, an OMG time. Now, can you imagine how moving this was to, to be there and see this woman express her gratitude? So this shows me right here, the Lord Jesus had impacted her heart somehow. And so it impacted her heart so much that, that she was so grateful. And everything she did right here was a form of, of her worship, of her gratitude. I, I don't know if you've ever been this grateful for what he's done for you. But we should be. And what's incredible about this woman? She didn't give a flip who she impressed she could care less what they all thought because it was all about Jesus. And when I see people come down to the altar and raise their hand and get on their knees, I realize they're having an encounter with Jesus just like this woman. Verse 39. Now when the Pharisee, O Simon, who invited Jesus saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, Jesus, if he were a prophet, he would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she's a sinner. So literally, Simon here, he's almost more disgusted with Jesus than he is with this woman right here. And he says, if Jesus was a, a true prophet, if Jesus was cracked up to all he, we think he is, he would surely know what kind of woman this is. And the religious guy said, she's a sinner. The truth of the matter is, we're all sinners. We're all sick. He just didn't know it. So the next few verses, Jesus begins to teach and he has this correlation between forgiveness and gratitude. Something happens when God forgives you. There becomes a gratitude. And so the same chapter, verse 47 Jesus said to Simon, therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many. Now Jesus said that. Her sins are many. He acknowledges that her sins are, are many, but think about this. He didn't reject her. He didn't tell her to go back home and get her crap together. That's in the Hebrew, okay? And I highlight this. Jesus received this woman just as she was. And I remember years back in my life that Jesus received me just 
as I was. And so he goes on to say to this Pharisee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. But whoever is forgiven much, loves much. Now which one would describe you? See, I stand before you flawed. I'm a flawed human being. I don't try to hide that. And I realize I'm forgiven much. And so because I'm forgiven much, I choose to love much. And so let me give you a little nugget here this morning. Don't ever lose sight of how much the Lord Jesus has forgiven you. Don't ever. And you're going to see this and you're going to hear this repeated over and over this morning because that's what the cross and Easter all symbolize. I've been forgiven of much. He goes on to say in verse 48, then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Now when you know you're a sinner and the Lord Jesus says to you, your sins are forgiven, oh happy day. He ends with this. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? Then Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So this woman who was a sinner, Jesus saved her. And here on this Easter Sunday, Jesus is still in the forgiving business and Jesus is still in the saving business, no matter how bad you are. Go with me to the book of, of Luke 8, the very next chapter, and we'll just pick up in verse 1. And you'll see some biblical truths jump out. Now it came to pass afterward that Jesus went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. So Jesus... He loved to preach the word and he loved to touch people. Verse two, and a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom he had come seven demons. So Jesus goes from saving this woman who was a notorious sinner and now we jump into this woman named Mary. Mary from Magdala, and the Bible specifically says who he cast seven demons out of. Now just because you got demons and it doesn't make you a bad person just means you're sick and you need to be set free. Now let me ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hand on this. Have you ever had demons cast out of you? I have. And some of you may say, what are you doing up there speaking? I'm a product of the Lord Jesus' love and his power to deliver. Can I highlight something today? Our Lord and Savior still takes messes and makes miracles. <laughs> so it's interesting to me right here who Jesus was okay being around. 
notorious sinners and people that were full of the devil. Jesus didn't have a problem with that. And so that may make you a candidate today. And again, I just want to show you over and over and over again what Jesus did on the cross. He did for every one of us. Now, turn with me back to the book of Mark chapter 15. Back to your left just a little bit. Mark chapter 15. And I'm, I'm going to take you on just a little bit of a journey here for a little bit with this woman named Mary from Magdala. She's mentioned 15 times in the New Testament. You know, I was in Israel a few years ago. I ate lunch in Magdala. I, I, and, and I never forget being in Magdala because I didn't want to eat what they had. They brought out on my plate this big old fish and his eyes were still in there and he's just looking at me. I said, Lord, I can't do that. You cut his head off. Magdala is a real place. Right on the Sea of Galilee between Capernaum and Tiberias is where this is at. And so I, I really become intrigued with, with Mary of Magdala. And so when we pick up here in Mark 15, let me tell you where we're at in the story. The Lord Jesus has been beaten with the, the 39 lashes. He's had the crown of thorns on him. He's been crucified. He's on the cross right now. And, and he's about to die. And, and remember the Lord Jesus' last words on the cross? He said, it's finished. And when Jesus said, it's finished, what did he mean by that? He came to seek and to save those which were lost and to destroy the works of darkness. So he came to seek and save the woman who was a notorious sinner, but he, he came also to destroy the works of darkness, and that would include a woman named Mary from Magdala. So watch this here in, in Luke, I mean Mac, Mark 15, verse 38, 39. So when the centurion, who's a centurion? The centurion is a Roman military officer. I can tell you, being a Roman military officer, he's very hard-hearted. The things he's seen in life. Who stood opposite of Jesus, and he saw that. He saw the death that Jesus went through. He cried out like this, and he breathed his last. And the centurion said... Truly, this man was the son of God. Something impacted this military man. Verse 40. There were also women looking on from afar, among whom were, who? Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, who Jesus had cast seven demons out of, was present at the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. The reason I highlight this is she was still serving the Lord. She was still following the Lord Jesus. And could it be because much is forgiven, the person loves much? And I think this is on display with, with Mary Magdalene. Now turn one chapter to chapter 16, verse 1. Now when the Sabbath was passed, which would be Saturday night 
at sunset or early Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. So what happened on Friday, on Good Friday, when Jesus was crucified, the, the Sabbath starts Friday at sunset, so they took the Lord Jesus and they just threw him in the tomb. They, they didn't prepare him or anoint him for any death. And so this is what's going on. Verse five. And entering the tomb, the three saw a young man, which was an angel, clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But the angel said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb for they trembled and were amazed and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Verse nine. Now when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. The first person the risen Savior appeared to was Mary of Magdalene. Now look at what the scriptures go on to say at the end of verse nine. Out of whom he had cast seven demons. You know why I believe the, the Bible highlights that she was full of seven demons? Because a woman being full of seven demons didn't disqualify her, it actually qualified her. And so every one of us in here, we have a past, we have a history, but it doesn't disqualify us. Just because you've fallen doesn't mean you're a failure. And so it's like the Lord Jesus is, is putting Mary Magdalene on this pedestal and says, this is one of my trophies. You know what the trophies are in heaven? People. You know why people are the trophies in heaven? Because people matter to God. And so here she is. So let me give you a little God thought here. If the Lord Jesus wasn't real and all the things she had seen him take place on the cross, do you think she'd still be serving him? No. Now go with me to the book of Matthew chapter nine. Matthew chapter number nine. And we're gonna be here for most of the rest of the morning. And you're gonna see again the power of Jesus' love toward people just incredibly here. So I'm gonna read verses nine through 13. I'm gonna go through it very quickly and then I'm gonna come back to this. Verse nine. And Jesus passed on from there and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And so Jesus said, follow me. One, uh, one, one translation says, be my disciple. So he arose and he followed him. So Jesus asked this guy who's at work, follow me, and the guy chooses to follow him. He says, okay, I'll follow you. Verse 10. Now it happened as Jesus said at the table in his house that behold, many tax collectors, sinners came, and they sat down with him and his disciples. Now let me highlight some things in verse 10. These people, the tax collectors and the sinners were viewed as, as the scum of society. 
the outcast, the riffraff. Verse 11. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now again, these are the self-righteous. These are the ones that think I'm unflawed. Verse 12, when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those are sick. You know what Jesus just said? Healthy folk don't need to a doctor. Only sick folk do. Let me ask you this. Have any one of you ever gone to a doctor when you were healthy? No. We'd kind of look like, man, he's, he's a little messed up if going to the doctor when he's healthy. But yet right here, the Lord Jesus said, the ones that go to the doctor are the ones that are sick. And think about this in the natural. When you're sick, you know you're sick. Your body aches. You may be running a fever. You may feel like throwing up. But your body's telling you you're sick. But Jesus said, the healthy don't need a doctor. Just the sick. And then in verse 13, he says, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy. This is Hosea 6, 6. And when he says, I desire mercy, you know what mercy is? The definition of mercy? I don't get what I deserve. And I don't know about you, but I, I welcome a double portion of mercy. Mercy, mercy. I, I thank God for his mercy that I don't get what I deserve. You know what I deserve? I, I deserve eternal damnation is what I deserve. But he said, I, don't desire, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. In other words, I'm not looking for this religious duty. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know what repentance means? I take full responsibility of my choices. I don't try to blame anybody else. I stand before Father God and I say, Father God, I blew it. So why did I read that real fast? Well, we know this guy, Matthew, works as a tax collector. But what I didn't tell you about this guy named Matthew He's the actual writer of the book of Matthew. He's the one who pins the whole book of Matthew by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the reason I read this so fast to you is because I want you to understand, Matthew is getting ready to tell me and you his story on how he was converted to being a Christian, how he asked Jesus to come into his life. So let's go back here. And let's really, really absorb this and watch what will take place here. And this is where the Lord will touch your heart. Verse number nine. So Jesus passed on from there and he saw a man, Matthew, sitting at a tax office or a tax booth. So Matthew is a Jewish man. But in the eyes of the other Jews, he's, he, he's viewed as sorry. He's no good. And the reason he's viewed that way is because of his occupation. He's a tax collector, so he's a cheater. He's a thief. So Matthew says, I got up that morning 
and I just went to work, what I always do, and I'm sitting at the tax booth, and here I am, an IRS agent, and Jesus shows up. And Jesus looks at me and says, follow me. Jesus essentially asked me, an IRS agent, to follow him. Wow. Do you know Jesus will hunt you down even when you're at work? That's how much he loves us. And so he said, follow me. Better stated, be my disciple. And so there's a difference between being a believer and being a disciple. A disciple says, I'm a follower of yours and I'm, I'm a student of yours. I follow your teachings. So Matthew says, Jesus said, follow me. And he said, I didn't ask one question. I just got up and followed him. Why? Because I think the words in Jesus's heart, or Jesus's mouth burned in his heart. There was something within him that day that knew, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm after. And I can think back 42 years ago in my life when I heard that Jesus would save me and forgive me. I, I was like Matthew. I didn't need to ask any questions because I didn't know anything. But just like Matthew, Jesus receives us just as you are. Again, here's another person, a guy who's a thief and a cheater, and Jesus didn't say, hey, pal, go get your crap together, and I'll be back tomorrow. He didn't say that to him. He said, follow me. And so Matthew said, I just followed him. Again, could it be because Matthew knew he was sick in his heart? He knew something was wrong on the inside of him. Verse 10. Now it happened as Jesus said at the table in the house. What goes on here, and remember this is Matthew's story. Matthew was so elated about getting born again, he said, I gotta throw a dinner party. So he's having this big feast at his house, and it says specifically that Jesus was at the house, and that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. So we see who's there. Jesus and the disciples. And Matthew's so elated about getting born again, he said, I had to invite my friends. I, I had to invite the tax collectors and the sinners, all the disreputable people of society. That's who his friends were. And Matthew's saying, my friends have got to be, meet Jesus. They've got to meet Jesus. And Matthew's thinking, they're just like me. I'm not enjoying my life. Outwardly, everybody thinks my life is a success, but inwardly, I'm sick. Outwardly, I got a great paying job. I bought a new pickup. I got $100 bills in my wallet. I live in the greatest neighborhood. Outwardly, everything looks like I got my stuff together. But inwardly, I'm sick. This is what he's saying. Wow. When you look at all this, 
And so Matthew says, I had one encounter with the Lord Jesus. And he gives me a two-word invitation, follow me. And it changed my life. It changed my life. And so when Matthew followed him, you know what that means? He surrendered his life to Jesus. I'm all in, Jesus. And so as we go on through the story right here, Matthew turns into an evangelist. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, I hope you're not mad at me for asking my friends to come. Because Jesus, they're a bunch of tax collectors. They're sinners and cheaters too. And they're a bunch of sinners. Actually, Jesus, they're as sick as I am. Actually, Lord Jesus, there's some of them that are more sick than me. And I hope you're not upset that I invited my friends. Verse 11. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? They throw a religious fit because they're so self-righteous. And they're asking, why does, why does your teacher, why does your Lord, why does he smooth with these nobodies, these losers in our, our, our eyes? And it's like these religious say, the people Jesus is with, they're not in our Christian club. They're not in the Christian country club. And even top of that, Jesus is losing his reputation by who he's hanging out with. But isn't it interesting? It never bothered Jesus. If you're a sinner, if you're a thief, if you're a cheater, let me give you a little insight this morning. Jesus is not embarrassed of you, okay? He loves you. This is the cross again. This is why he went for the, on, on the cross like he did. Verse 12, when Jesus heard that, when Jesus heard that. Now remember, Matthew's telling the story, and it's almost like Matthew said, uh-oh, here comes the boom, here it comes. When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Healthy folk don't need the physician, only the sick. Matthew just reveals right here, I believe in scripture, that the doctor, the physician, is Jesus. The only one that can cure me and you of our sickness is the Lord Jesus. Now let me ask you a question off of that thought. Have you known a, a doctor or a clinic right here in, in Lubbock? that they go where the well are, the healthy are. I've never known a doctor that does that. A doctor's around sick folk. A doctor's around, that's his assignment to get around people that need to be healed. And so that's exactly what the Lord Jesus did. He, he was always around sick folk. And Jesus knew he was the cure if he could just get around them. 
And so this is all interesting to me right here, what Jesus says. And you know what I really believe he's saying to these religious? You're just as sick as everyone else. You're just too prideful to acknowledge it. Wow. Now let me ask you a question. Would that define you today? I'm a sinner. I'm saved by grace through faith. I'm a sinner, guys, I'm telling you. I got flaws. Just like every one of us in here. See, it goes back to a statement I made earlier. Don't ever forget how much you've been forgiven of. Forgiven much, loves much. And so even today right now, I, I don't care if you've never given your heart to Jesus or you gave your heart to Jesus 40 years ago. I never forget what the Lord Jesus has done for me. That's why Easter becomes so real. Now, when I see the images of the passion of the Christ and I see the blood, you know what it makes me recognize and re reveal in my own heart? I'm grateful. I'm extremely grateful. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I did not call or come to call the righteous, but I called sinners to repentance. If you've gone to church here very long, I say this quite a bit. The greatest daily vitamin me and you can take every day is a thing called repentance. Why? Keeps my heart right toward God. Keeps me looking to the physician. I go before the physician each day and I said, Jesus, I blew it again today. I came to seek and to save that which was lost and destroy the works of darkness. Now go with me one passage, one last passage here to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. So for Matthew, the Lord Jesus gave him new life. But all, not only did he give him new life, he gave him new purpose. I got new life when I gave my heart to Jesus. I live with a kingdom purpose, guys. Perfect? No. But for 42 years of my life now, I've served Jesus. And I, I keep hanging out with the physician. There's days he throws me back in the oven and says, you're not done, we gotta cook on you a little more. There's days he throws me back in the washing machine and says, dude, you got some serious stains on you. But he never, he never gives up on us. He loves us. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. And that's good news. The grace of God. You know what the grace says? Grace says, I'm gonna give you what you don't deserve. Grace does. And if you'll notice the wording he said, the grace here of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. Thank God. He goes on to say, with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all. In other words, right here, he's saying you, you can go to the bank on the word of God. The word of God doesn't change. And he goes on to say, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Point blank. You know what that says? That's the cross. 
And when Jesus rose from the grave, you know what that means? He's showing everybody, I did exactly what I said I was gonna do. The grave and hell couldn't hold me. But it's very important that we see this, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There is no other name by which men can be saved. There's no other cure. There's no other physician that can save me other than the Lord Jesus. Well, preacher, I believe there's a lot of different ways to Jesus, to heaven. I tend to differ. Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through the Son. End of verse 15. Of whom I am chief. Chief what? Chief sinner. This was the apostle Paul who said about his own life, I am the chief sinner. This is the same Paul that wrote the majority of the New Testament. I am a chief sinner. So what I see here with the Apostle Paul, when he gave his heart to Jesus in Acts 9, Paul never lost sight of how much Jesus had forgiven him. Ever. You know what he's saying? I was a mess and he made me a miracle. And I look at all the people we read about today. Jesus doesn't save perfect people because there's not any perfect people. Jesus saves sick folk who are willing to say, I'm sick. I'm sick, Lord. I need your touch. I'm gonna ask you to stand up right there where you're at today. See, just like the Lord said to Matthew, how do you respond to the invitation? Follow me. Follow me. How do you respond to that? Have you ever done that? Or is today the day you need to do that? See, there's something about a public acknowledgement when I give my heart to Jesus that heaven applauds. The Lord Jesus said this, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. I think back at the woman, the very first one in, in Luke 7, the woman who was a notorious sinner. She was so overwhelmed with Jesus' love and compassion. She got on her knees and she cried. I'm just gonna ask you to bow your head where you're at right now. See, many times people would have the thought, Jesus would never save me. My, my, my sins would disqualify me. Woo, for God so loved the world. 
and the old song, just as you are. And so if you're here today, and you can look into the mirror of your heart and say, I'm sick. I'm sick. I, I need the physician today. I welcome you right now just to get out of your seat and make your way down here and say, that's me. I'm sick. I need Jesus to come into my heart. I remember 42 years ago when that happened to me. I didn't give a flip what anybody thought. I said, I got to go down. I got to go down. Here's one coming. See, I, I can look at my brother here and say, I'm sick too. Anytime we don't think we need Jesus, we, we need Jesus. Come on down, girls. Ooh, I'm proud of you. It's a good day for you. Anybody else? It's very healthy. I'm going to ask you three down here just to say a prayer with me. I'm going to ask you to say it from, from your heart, okay? You're not doing anything to impress me. I'm just a man. I'm as sick as you guys. And I don't mean that ugly. I'm sick. Come on, here comes some more. Woo! Come on, I applaud you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, come on. There is room at the cross, is the Jesus, come to Jesus. Anybody else? Come on, let's all raise our hands here. Come on, here's another one. Here's another one. Come to Jesus. Just keep coming. Anybody else? Let me just say this. When we give our hearts to Jesus, we get born again. What that means is your name becomes registered in heaven. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus is very aware of you. But it doesn't make you perfect, okay? Pastor, you're not perfect. I'm glad you think that about me, but no, not even close. So let's raise our hands here to heaven. Just say this with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I've come before you as a sinner. Lord Jesus, I'm sick. I need you to heal my heart. And so I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for disobeying you. I'm sorry for all my bad choices. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to wash me in your son's blood. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. 
be Lord of my life. Grace me to be a disciple of yours all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's, let's clap to the Lord. Look at each one of you. What did it say? The Lord loves you, okay? But before our team sings here, I, I welcome you all just to stay down here. We're going to open up the altars right now. And to whom much is forgiven, he loves much. I don't know about you, but this Easter, I'm extremely grateful for how much I'm forgiven. And so maybe you want to come down here and just express your gratitude and love right here. And maybe, maybe there's some sickness in you right now where you say, Lord, I just need to get my heart right. I need a touch from the physician. And so I welcome you. Go ahead and sing, guys. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.